Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, good morning. And I just want to say happy Father's Day to um, all the dads. And um, my wife asked me this morning what it was like, you know, when, when I became a dad and or what it's like being a dad. And I said, it's, it's honestly really humbling. She said, why? I said, well, so much responsibility, so much uh, things that you want to get right, so many uh, people that you're responsible for. It's humbling. It's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility. But it's, it's an honor. My oldest is 25 and my youngest is 19. So, um, But here's what I've learned. I still don't know enough. I still don't know enough. And um, I was blessed to have a, a great dad as a great example. And whether you had that or you didn't, um, I believe that God's principles and God's word can help us become um, really great, great dads. And, and I usually on Father's Day, it's kind of a trend. You know, I'm, I'm kind of funny and I give you some of my dad jokes. And um, I thought this year I'd need to be a lot more serious um, about my message than usual. Unless you'd want to hear a few of my dad jokes. I, I could oblige you. All right, well, you twisted my arm. So here's, here's my, my top dad jokes. I, I got a top Brandon, so um, where does dad keep all of his dad jokes? In his database. Get it? His database. <clears throat> Uh, here's, here's, here's another one. Um, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the fresh prince. <laughs> Get it? Fresh prince. Um, what country's capital is growing the fastest? Ireland. Every day it's Dublin. <laughs> I got two more. Um, so did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? He won the Nobel Prize. Get it? <laughs> Nobel Prize. So if you commit a crime at the Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? Get it? I... All right, well, moving right along. Um, if you were here with us on Mother's Day, we did a special Mother's Day message. Pastor Diane did a, a great job. And our theme for uh, Mother's Day was uh, you're doing better than you think. Y'all remember that a few weeks ago? Um, and so after that, I was joking with Pastor Devin and I said, we should theme Father's Day weekend, you're not doing as good as you think. And I was just joking and, and, and messing around with it. And we were laughing and, and I just started like thinking on that and I thought, actually... I think that's what we need to talk about today, that guys, maybe we're not doing as good as we think we are. Because I think as guys, we always think we're doing better than we really are. Like, like for example, ladies, how many agree with this? Guys always think they're in better shape than they really are. <laughs> you know, we've got the Dunlap dis disease. It's already Dunlapped over. We can't do anything about it. Um, we, we, we often think we're um, cooler than we really are, um, smarter than we really are, um, 
sexier than, than we really are. You know, you see us at the ball games. We have to take our shirts off, right? Um, so we, we always, um, I think, think we're doing better than we really are. My wife actually asked me this question a couple times over the last few days. Uh, she got real serious on me, and she was like, so how do you think our relationship is? Like on one to ten. I'm like, nine. And she's like, why nine? I said, we have to leave a little room for improvement. And then I was like, what would you give it? She's like, mm, like a six and a half or a seven. <laughs> <laughs> improvement? Yeah, lots of improvement. I was, I was thinking I was there. Um, so sometimes I really do think we think we're doing better, but, but I didn't want to call it that. You know, you're not doing as good as you think. So, so here's our theme this morning. You can do better. But I want to emphasize you, you can do better, but not, I don't want to share this this morning in a condemning way as much as I, I want to encourage you to guys that, that, that I really think we can do better. Actually, I want to say it this way that not only can we do better, I, I think um, we really need to do better. For our, for our churches, um, for our country, for your family, um, we need to do better. But I want to encourage you that, that I do believe that, that you and I, as men, we, we can do better. So what I want to do today is just share with you, um, not in a condemning way, but in an encouraging way, just a few things, some adjustments that you and I can make as men that will help us do better. Y'all ready to go? How, how about we just read through a few scriptures and we're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. This is chapter one. In verse 27, it, it says, so God created mankind in his own image and then the image of God, he created them. Now I want you to get this. It's, it's, it's very clear here. He created them what? Male and female. Just throwing it out there. There's only two. And then God did something after he created them. The Bible said he what? He barocked them or he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish, over the birds, and every living creature that moves on the ground. So when, when God made man, he made man for himself, but he made the earth for man. And then he blessed him. He blessed man with a blessing to, to what? To, to, to be a man. And so there's a, a call. Now, the things I'm saying today, I'm talking to men, but women, you, they're, they're, you, can, you, can, you can buy into these principles too. But, but I'm going to specifically just target guys today. So guys, we, we were created and blessed to be leaders. We were created to be protectors. We were created to be providers um, th that's, that's a call, that's an anointing, that's a blessing, that's an assignment. It's actually a, a, a commandment from the very beginning that God put on men. From the very onset, he made man and woman, and he put a blessing on them so that they could fulfill their purpose, so that they could be who they were called to be. All mankind has that blessing on them to fulfill their roles. Amen. All right, let, let's, let's read on in the next chapter. Now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the animals and all the birds, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would name them, and whatever he called every creature, that's what its name was. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds, all the wild animals, but for Adam, he needed what? Help. So there was a blessing on him, there was an assignment on him, there was purpose on him, but God saw that he needed, he needed some help. Verse 21 
So God caused man, caused man to fall into a deep what? Sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place where the flesh was. I know I say this every time I read this passage, but here's where we see men have the anointing to take what? Naps. It's just something my wife's like, you could sleep anywhere, anytime. It, it's all the way from the beginning. We can sleep through anything, even rib surgery, right? So we're called, it's just in us to have a nap, okay? So um, the, the, the Bible reads on, it says, then God made a woman from the rib that he took out of the place of the flesh. Um, and, and he brought her to man, and man said, now this is what I'm talking about. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she will be called woman because she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and he's united to his wife and they become what? One flesh. And Adam and Eve, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no what? No shame. So we see this, this creation that God had this assignment, this purpose. And, and we read in scripture that God made a helper for, for Adam, and, and we see that, uh, we see two things right here that obviously, uh, as I mentioned, Adam uh, is a good sleeper, and men are good sleepers, and apparently we have no problem being naked, right? So that, that's from the, the very beginning. Um, and so, but, but God put them in the garden, and you guys know how the story unfolded. The serpent tempted Adam and Eve, and they had one, one commandment they weren't supposed to eat of one tree, and they gave in and they ate of that tree and it brought consequences immediately on them and onto the earth. Let's, let's actually read this. This is in chapter three. So because of the, con this is the consequence of, of their disobedience. To the woman, he said, I'm gonna make your pain and childbearing very severe and there'll be painful labor as you give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. There's this conflict to begin happening for control. And then to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. I'm just going <laughs> to skip over that. We could say a lot of things there, of which I'm not going to say, because I want to have a good Father's Day. <laughs> you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to. You, you, you must eat, not eat from it. And look what it says, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from in all the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Disobedience brought a curse on the planet, and it affected mankind, and it affected men. It, it had a, a, a physical consequence. It had spiritual consequence. It had emotional consequence. It had relational consequence. But I want to I say this to you. God is so good. God is so grace-filled. And, and I, I want you to hear this, that the original blessing and the original purpose of God, even though man's position and man's toil and, and man's challenge, there was a consequence that, that came the original blessing and the original purpose did not alter. It created hardship. It created it harder to be a man. It created harder to deal with things. It created hardship in relationships. But you got to get this. The original purpose for you and I, men, didn't change. And the original blessing 
to be that man didn't change. The consequence just created hardship and made it harder. So God's blessing on you and God's purpose for you didn't change. But yet, it caused us to struggle and it's harder to have a relationship. It's harder to stand up and, and, and be what God called us to be. But I do want to encourage you, our theme this weekend is, is you, you can do better. Not from condemnation, just I want to encourage you. You, you actually, you have it in you. You were created with it. Um, you have him behind you. You were blessed for it. Um, you, 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 you got it. It's what you were created for. God's bigger than failure in the garden, and God's bigger than your personal failure. And God's bigger than your past. He's bigger than the shortcomings and the examples and what you may have not seen or received from a father. He's bigger than all that. The blessing is the same and the purpose is the same. I'm saying to you, you, you still got it. Just like you always think you do, I still got it. See, there, there comes a time you get a little bit older as a guy, and like up here, everything still moves on the basketball court like it used to, but down here, it doesn't. Like up here, I still got the move, right? It's, it's this, but then my knees give out, and it's really, really slow, and I stumble, and it just, the layup doesn't look like it used to, um, but, but you still got it on the inside. And so I'm saying to you, the purpose, the call, you still got it on the inside, even though on the outside there's been, are you hearing me this morning? You, 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 you do, you still got it. So what I want to do is, is just, I give you three life points, say, why do you always do three? It's so you can just work with it. This is how God told me to teach. Let me give you three life points of, if you just make some adjustments, if you remember these things, if you put them into practice, I, I think that you will do better. You'll be a better um, Christ follower. You'll be a better dad. You'll be a better husband. Here we go. Life point number one. If you, if you will just take responsibility for your priorities. This word responsibility, it's not one of those words we hear a lot about in our culture. Everyone wants to just blame. Everyone wants to be a victim. And never, no one wants to do what? Take some responsibility. But if you would take your responsibility for your priorities, you will do better. You're a quiet crowd today. You are a really quiet crowd. If, ladies, you should amen, elbow him on this. If, guys, we would take more responsibility for our priorities, I think we can do better. I think we will do better. Like 90% of the women are clapping. If you guys are like, where's this going? I know what the guys, they want me to go back to that verse I just read about listening to the woman, God is in trouble. You want me to go back to that? I'm, I'm smarter than I think. Okay. So, so when we talk about priorities, I get it. We always think we, always think we have our priorities because in our head they're all lined up, but we don't always live them. Sometimes it's more of a philosophy than it is a practice in our life. But, but if, we, if you look up the word priority, it means you regard something as most important. If something is a priority to you, you're going to regard it as the most important thing. Uh, you, you could word it this way, um, to arrange and order things by rank of, of importance. These are the most important things, so I'm ranking them in, in importance. That is a priority. I, I, I like this. It, it's what you have the most due responsibility to. A priority is what you and I have the most due responsibility to. 
In other words, we could say it this way. It's what you and I are accountable and liable to. So when I say to you, if we would be more responsible to our priorities, it's saying we're being more accountable. We're being more liable to the things that we have the, the most due responsibility toward. Proverbs says it this way. And everything you do, put God what? First. Not in theory, not in philosophy, but in practice. Put God first and he will direct you and he will crown your efforts with what? Success. How many guys want to be successful? I, I've never heard a guy say to me, you know, I just, I just want to fail. I want to be average. I want to be an average dad. I want to be an average husband. I just want to be so-so when I'm... No, God put something in us to what? Be a champion. He put something in us to what? To, to, to win. He put something in... You know, I hate this philosophy. Everybody gets a trophy. But they need... No, not everybody needs a trophy. We, we need to... We need to what? Strive. God put something in us, right? He, he, put, he put... Are you all with me? That's something he put in men. Don't let this culture take that from you. So I thought I'd just take a little side note for a moment and tell you what your responsibilities or your priorities should be. You want to hear them, guys? Real simple. If you can work on these three things, what are we talking about? Making sure that you and I make our priorities a response, that we're liable to them, that we're accountable to it. So say, well, what's my, what's my priorities? What's my responsibilities? Are you ready? Number one is your, your faith. If you wonder, what should my priorities be? This is God's answer. And this is what all the ladies would want, is your faith. If you go all the way back to the beginning, beginning of the Bible, when God said, Moses, write these down, what's the first thing he said? Don't have anybody, don't have any other gods before me, beside me, behind me. Make me first priority. That, that's, the, that's the first commandment when we go back all the way in the Old Testament and then Jesus backed it up. When Jesus was asked by the lawyers, what's the top commandment? What's the highest priority? And Jesus said, it's that you love God with all of your heart, all of your strength, all of your priority. Jesus reinforced what God revealed to Moses, that our faith should be the highest priority in our lives. Say, so what, what, what does that mean? That means the will of God should be number one. The word of God should be number one. The ways of God should be number one. They're all the same. The will, the word, the ways of God. It should be highest priority in our lives. Matter of fact, it should be so high that your family doesn't have to question what the highest priority is in your life. And guys, can I just challenge you for a moment? Our faith needs to have some evidence. Our walk needs to have a witness. I, I, I think it's real important that our families know we know the word. I'm just saying a lot of us men don't, now you don't have to be a scholar, but we need to be in the word. If you get in the word, the word's gonna get in you. We need to be men of the word. We need to be men who are, can I just go there? We, we, that we're not dropping our families off at of church, we're bringing them to church. We, and we need to be those men that follow Jesus that aren't just sitting in a seat. That man, our hands are in the air. You know why guys struggle with this, with that? Because this is surrender. Yeah. 
What will people think? You know what people think? You've got it figured out. That's what they'll think. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Because you, you're realizing I need God. I surrender, not like I got it all together. That we're not just in church. We're involved. We're serving. We're, the, our faith is the highest priority. That's the best thing you could do to your family. That's your highest priority, that you actually have a walk with Jesus. I didn't say you had to be perfect, but that, that's our first priority. That is our first, that's your responsibility. Second would be your family. Your family would be second. Your faith and your, your family. They, they should be your second most important responsibility in your life. You know what scripture actually says? Men, you need to love your wives. Another word for nurture. You love your wives and you train up your kids. And it actually says this. It says don't exasperate your kids. I know you use that word a lot, but you can use that word this week. I'll tell you what it means. It means don't break their spirit. Do we not have a generation of kids their spirits are broken? What, because there's no dad or the things he speaks over them? It's really what it means. That we're supposed to wash our families with what? The word of God. Speak the word over them. Prophesy the word over them. Speak over them. That's what it means to wash the word over them. That's, that's what the Bible says we're to do. Don't break their spirit which means we speak wrong things over them. We speak harshly over them. So our faith, our family, and here's the third one, your fulfillment should be third. You said, well, what's my fulfillment? Well, that, that, can be, that, that can be your interests, that could be your hobbies, that could be your career, that could be your toys, that could be your buddies, whatever. But that's, that's the order that they should be in. So how, how can you do better? Because I know, guys, we want to do better. How do I know that? Because there's something God put in you to do better. It's in you to do better. When you lay down and sleep as a, at night as a guy, when you get up, there's something in you that wants to win. There's something in you that wants to achieve. There's something in you that wants to do better. There's something in you to, to be all that. God put it there. And we need to be accountable to that. Accountable to be responsible to our priorities. Let's keep building. Here's the second one, is that you stay passionate about your purpose. You stay passionate about your purpose. Now, I'm not just talking about your purpose, whatever your career is. I'm talking about your highest purpose, which is to follow God, to be a man of God, to be passionate about our purpose. Let Let me put it this way. God created you, created all of us, men and women, but I'm specifically talking to men. God created you to be passionate, not passive. You know, what, you know what a big problem is in our culture today? Men have become passive. It's the opposite of our purpose. It's a result of the fall. We, we just read that there would be this conflict where women would try to be in control over men and men in control over women, and a lot of men have just become passive. Now, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be dominant and arrogant. It just means we're not supposed to be passive. Let's take a poll. Ladies. Your ideal man. I know he's sitting beside you, but just your ideal man. How many love it that he's just so passive? No women are raising their hand unless they have an issue. We want men full of purpose. And so we're to be passionate, not passive. Romans words it this way. I love this. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion toward him, what? Boiling hot, radiate with the glow of the spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve. That, this is how God wants us to be. 
passionate. It's a myth that it's God's responsibility for us to be passionate. You will be as passionate as you want to be. But I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm giving you some tips on how you and I as men can actually do better. And, and one is that we're responsible to our priorities and two, that, we're, that we stay passionate about our purpose. Here's what passivity means. It means that we become more and more apathetic. When the Bible tells us to be men of vision, apathy is the enemy of vision. Apathy means you just don't care enough to do something about it. And we become apathetic, and when you become apathetic, you eventually become pathetic. And we have an apathetic culture because we've been passive. It means we've gotten lethargic. We are without resistance. We become inactive. We're without response. And get this, we don't take active, we don't take an active dominant part. What was it that God blessed man to be, to dominate the earth. That's actually what the word means in scripture, to be dominant over the earth, to have rule, to be a leader, to take authority. That's our assignment. And what is passivity? It's the, it's the failure to dominate. If you allow yourself to just be passive, we are not fulfilling how we were created or what we were created. I want to read you some like really crazy statistics with this thought of passivity. Just listen to these. They say one out, one out of every four kids in America are without a, without a dad. That means you can fill up New York City twice with that crowd. And because of that, and you know this, all the consequences increase. Poverty increases four times just because there's not a dad. Crime, incarceration increases, substance abuse increases, and suicide dramatically increases. I thought this was interesting. Mother's Day, which we just celebrated. Now, there's a good crowd here today, but Mother's Day is one of the largest um, church-attended services of the year. Father's Day, usually the least attended. Now, now I get it. You're grilling out. You're going to the lake. I, I, I get it. That's what guys want to do. Ladies want flowers and their pictures taken in the foyer, which we have pictures for you today. Now, now listen to this. If, if just mom attends church and dad doesn't, one out of 50 kids will go to church as an adult. If, if mom just comes, one out of 50 kids will, when they become adults, stick around and stay in church. But listen, listen to this. If dad goes, no matter what mom does, three out of four of those kids will stay in church the rest of their life. There's just something, there's something to that. Now, now listen to these. These are mind-blowing. If men go more than just Sundays, 72% of their children will do the same. If just mom goes, it drops to like 15%. They say that less than 10% of churches are able to sustain a thriving men's ministry. Less than 10% of churches. Now, I'm glad we have a great men's um, ministry here. In any given Sunday, 61% of the crowd are women. 39% of the crowd are men. Midweek, it goes over 80%. And 75% of the volunteers are women. Why? We're too passive, guys. 
We're, we're too passive. We're, 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 we're too passive. And if we remain too passive, because I, I wrote this down. This sounded really cool when I put it down on my notes. Now I'm reading it. I don't know if it sounds as cool. So make me feel good. <laughs> Passivity will always allow forbidden fruit to be your regular diet. Passivity will always allow forbidden fruit to be your regular diet. That's what happened in the garden. Now, since I got you at this moment, I wanted to do a promo on the screen. We have a men's ministry here. It's called LIFT. It actually stands for something, leading in faith together. And our goal was just we lift each other up, we lift up Christ, we lift up the church. And next weekend is our LIFT camp. And I just want to encourage you, even if you've never been out to lift, we have a great time. We're going to have an awesome time. We have beautiful facilities, um, and, and it's free. We just need to know if you're coming because we want to make sure we have enough food. If, if you say, I am not sleeping in a tent because I'm passive, if, if that's you, um, <laughs> I'm sort of kidding. Um, you don't have to stay all night. You can come and hang out for a while. But we got some cool things. We got some competitions. We, we got fire. We got, if you don't have a tent, we have one for you. Anyways, there'll be some guys out at, at the tent in the foyer. They will help you get signed up. Come out. It's going to be a great night, great food. It's going to be a great time. But, but we need to stay passionate. The only way you can stay passionate, the Bible says, is you've got to stir the fire. You've got to keep it stirred. You've got to keep it stirred. Or the fire, your flame will become a flicker. I'm just trying to help you this morning. Just trying to help you, right? So be responsible, responsible to your priorities. Stay passionate about your purpose. Here's the last one. Keep focused on your pursuits. Keep focused on your pursuits. And here's where I'm going with this. If you misplace your priorities, you will misplace your passions and your pursuits. If you have misplaced your priorities, you will misplace your passions and you will misplace your pursuits. So if our priorities are faith, family, and our fulfillment, if, if you don't stay passionate, you'll get your pursuits out, out of order. And here's what that would look like. Your fulfillment could elevate itself above your family. And so your career becomes more important than your spouse, or your hobbies become more important than your kids, or you're spending more time on your golf game than you are on your family game, or you're, you're, you're pursuing your income to provide everything but exactly what they really need. You, you, your pursuits will get out of order. Your your family, your fulfillment could actually elevate itself above your faith. Now, in your, in your head, it doesn't happen because, as I said, our, our priorities can just be philosophy. If I ask you, what's your, what's your priority? God's first. But we know this. If he really is, whatever your priority is, that's where your treasure goes. Bible actually says that. It goes toward what your heart's drawn to, where your heart is located, your, your treasure follows. That means your time, where's your time go? Where's your, where's your talent go? Where's your resources? Where does it go? It goes to your priorities. And we can say God's number one, where we're spending all those things on other things, 
it, I just want you to know that things aren't bad. They just need to be in, in rank. And we can chase a lot of other things in a lot of other directions. And sometimes, guys, I know it's just out of good intentions. We can be running everywhere, and I'm just going to go there. We can run everywhere, and our kids and our families aren't in church. Because we're chasing whatever dream and whatever else is going on. And I just want you to know, you'll want them to be in church. You'll want their life to be blessed. You'll want them to live by the word. you want their, their relationships to prosper one day, and their marriages to prosper one day, and to follow God. Listen to me. They won't, because they can't, because you haven't. Unless they just get a supernatural connection with God that supersedes your failures and mine. Are you hearing me? I'm just saying you have a lot to do with it. But I also wanted to say this today. Because we can sit here and have a, like a real moment where we think I should have done better as a dad or a husband. or it, Guys, the coolest thing about God is he's full of extra chances and there are just these moments where we just need to repent and I know I've explained this but I saw something online this morning my wife had some music playing and they were they were talking about what repent really was and they really missed it and, and, and they were even using scripture here's what repentance is to feel remorse but a lot of people stop there we just feel bad no, repentance means I feel remorse so I apologize, and I turn from something, but I have to turn to something else. It's the, all of that is repentance. It's to feel the remorse and confess it or repent or apologize, turn from it, but turn to something else. Repentance isn't just feeling bad. Repentance isn't, isn't just turning from something. It's turning to something. In other words, it's, it's a mindset change. It's an attitude change. It's a commitment change. But here's what I know about, I know most of you guys, and I do believe that um, it's in you. Well, I know it's in you. It's in you. You can do better. Not from condemnation, but you, you, you can. You, you've, you've got a blueprint. You've, you've, you've heard some, some good revelation today. And it's never too late with God to do a little better. Never is. The only way you couldn't do better the only way that you couldn't do better, hear me on this, is to do something that all of us guys struggle with. It's pride. It's the only way that you, you can't do it is just to stay in a prideful place to elevate your opinions and your feelings and your thoughts above what God really says. But, but you know, surrender is just laying your pride down. It's one of the biggest struggles that guys have. Um, but it's one of the most powerful, powerful things when a guy's willing to surrender his pride. So uh, I was talking to the guys when we were putting the service together, and I said, we're going to end this with a, a Malachi 4-6 moment. I'll explain that. I'll explain it in a moment. But when we're before God, now and later, 
there are some things we're going to be a lot more accountable for than I think what we have thought that we would be accountable for. I think we're going to be a lot more accountable to God's principles than the the world's prosperity. I think we're going to be a lot more accountable to God's truth than the touchdowns we scored. We're going to be a lot more accountable for the faith of our family, the health of our family, than our fame. We're going to be a lot more accountable to honor Christ than honoring culture. We're going to be a lot more accountable for our God connection than we are for our golf score. We're going to be a lot more accountable for our wife and kids than the woke chaos that's out there. We're going to be a lot more accountable for Christ's place in our life than we will be for political correctness. Somehow I seemed in my head this was going to be like a much more pumped up moment, but it feels a lot more, a lot more serious. So the Bible says this in the book of Malachi, verse 4. It says, remember the law of my servant Moses, or what God gave Moses. The, the decrees and the laws I gave him at Horeb for all of Israel. Verse 5 says, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And Elijah, Elijah will turn the hearts of the parents toward the children and the hearts of the children toward the parents, or I will strike the land with destruction. Elijah was a prophet of restoration. So wherever there's a spirit or a moment of restoration, God has this amazing way of turning our hearts back to him, our hearts, our minds back to our responsibilities, our hearts, our minds back to our priorities, our hearts and minds back to our families and our families back to us. And I'm believing that we're gonna have right now one of those Malachi 4, 6 moments for all of our men. He's going to turn our hearts back to what he wants our hearts purposed on and our priorities. But I want to say this, I want to say this the way God wants me to say this. I'll just say it prophetically. Guys, the purpose, the plan, the power of God, when he made man, he didn't just make him throw him out there, then he put the blessing of God on him. The blessing of God is on you. That word blessing, Barak, means the power to be successful. It means the power to prosper, the power to fulfill, the power to be fruitful, power to lead. God didn't just make me. He made me and then he spoke the Barak over him. I just want to remind you and speak, you're blessed. You are blessed. And no failure in the garden and no failure in your own life by your own hands is bigger than the purpose of God or the blessing of God or the original design or the original destiny that God had for you. 
All we need you to do is make some adjustments, realignment, place some priorities in place. Keep yourself uh, passionate, not passive, and make sure you're still pursuing those things. You you can do that. You, you, You can do that. You can do that. You can do all things through Christ who empowers you to do those things. There's stuff he never empowered you to do, leave it alone. But the things he's empowered you to do and strengthened you to do, you can do it. And, and, and there's this little voice in every guy's head that says, you can't, you'll never be there, you're not strong enough, blah, 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 blah. That's a lie. It's a lie from the enemy to make you passive. Okay, we're just in a culture, come on. They want to put a dress on you instead of what God said about you. They want to silence you. You know, we went through this whole thing a couple years ago. What's a real woman? We can't figure out what a real woman is, what a real man is. Here's what, here's what I'll say, and I'll be quiet. I think the world needs to see what a real woman, especially what a real man is. Here's my challenge. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm going to get up in your face. How many guys like a challenge? Give them some proof. They're looking, they're wanting to know, give them some proof. Man up with your bad self is what I'm saying. Because when you do, man, all heaven backs you up. But when you're walking in your purpose and what God created, nothing can stop that because it's got the blessing of God on it. God can't bless the passive, but he can bless the passionate. He can bless the purposeful. He can and he will. Watch him do it. Watch him do it. You're not going to do it perfect. I promise you. Your wife will remind you. You won't do it perfect. She'll let you know when you're, amen. Are, 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 are you feeling pumped? Are you feeling pumped? Come on, every guy stand up. Let me, let me pray over you. Not ladies. All the men. Father, I thank you for every man in this room. There is a room full of men. God, all designed by you. All destined by you. Blessed by you. Purposed by you. And God, I pray for a spirit of confidence to invade their space. Pray for a spirit of blessing, of boldness, of righteousness, of godliness. God, I speak the Barak on them, the blessing of God on them. God, let it be stirred in them. No one ever told them they were blessed, but they're blessed. Too blessed to be stressed, blessed to be the best. God, let them be a blessing to their church. Let them be a blessing to their job. Let them be a blessing to their kids. Let them be a blessing to their spouses. Let them be a blessing. And God, where they go... This culture doesn't dictate to them where they go, they step, they walk, and they're God-given authority, they're God-given strength, they're God-given assignment. And God, I speak over them that that blessing brings prosperity, it brings success. Things are working in their favor. Jobs are lining up. Those houses are coming to fruition. Those spaces are happening. God, you're extending their territory. You're extending their income. God, you're expanding their properties. God, you're adding to their lives. 
not for their prestige, but for your glory and for your honor. God, I, I call it into this room right here, right now. God's turning some things. God's turning some things. He, I sense it in me. He's turning some things. He is turning some things in your favor. And listen to me. He is, he is redeeming what you messed up. He's filling in the spaces where you left the gaps. Come on, he, he's lifting some things you've dropped. He's bringing some things back into your hands that you didn't know you, that you had. He's bringing some new opportunities. Come on, he's, he, there's a spirit of restoration. There's a Malachi moment right now. He's turning your hearts to his house. He's turning, his, he, he's turning your heart to his ways. He's turning your heart to your family. He, he's actually restoring. He's going to restore some family relationships. I sense him doing it. He's going to restore. You, you just be sensitive to it. You just be sensitive. And there's some guys who have some daughters, and there's, there's just some things you're feeling bad about. God says, I'm going to rework it. I'm going to work some things out. You keep standing in the things of God, walking in the things of God. God's going to, he's going to do some things. On some of you, there's an anointing. There's an anointing just to be a good stepdad. Those kids, they may not biologically be yours, but God's going to use you. Did y'all hear me? God wants to... He wants to do something through you. The excitement level is blowing me away. I know I'm being serious this morning, but, but um, look, at, look at a guy next to you and say, hey, homie. Say, so you got it. You got it going on. Amen. Isn't God good?